forward button. This is okay for the purpose of the podcast. This is part two, and we're talking about research into the coronavirus vaccine, which is so important that it's going on worldwide. And I was expressing that I hope that it is discovered elsewhere than the United States so that it will not be awarded to a Gilead pharmaceutical to maximize their profit and dole out to the people wealthy enough to purchase it at an inflated price. Yeah, I'm assuming that the reality is that it's going to pop up around the same time. There are going to be different kinds of vaccines. I mean, India's got the largest pharmaceutical companies on the planet, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The largest pharmaceutical labs. They're likely to come up with theirs too, but they've mm -hmm. got a billion people to service before they go around the world. Indeed. So, you know, all of these companies all around the world are all working on it. China's working on it too. Yeah. And I'm assuming sometime next year, we're going to have lots of different kinds of vaccines that are um, in their third sets of trials. Mm -hmm. and, and have not the ethics, uh, the ethical boundaries been relaxed somewhat and the for instance, they're allowing human testing a lot sooner than they previously were uh, in order to speed up the availability of a vaccine and the, to speed up the discovery of a vaccine. So they, I mean, yes, they've loosened, they, they uh, like even our coronavirus kits that we sell, we uh, didn't go through the standard processes that we would go through with the FDA with all of our different kinds of testing and all of our documentation, because that would take over a year. Yeah. And, you know, they we, we wanted to get it out there sooner. We still had to do validations. It's just that they were a little bit shorter, and uh, the FDA turned around and said they gave us the thumbs up within 24 hours, which never happened. Yeah. But, you know, the larger companies tend to want to make sure that their name is also... Um, kept up to par so they're not going to put out materials that aren't going to work mm -hmm. um for the most part i mean people make mistakes we're humans right yeah. but uh, like we what we saw was that people were very upset that the fda were taking too long to allow the individual companies to start manufacturing um testing kits and so when the antibody tests started popping up the fda said well you know, all of these companies just start selling your materials and let's just see how it goes. And mm -hmm. then it turns out some of the efficacy of some of these tests were, you know, 50 50. It's like if you can yeah. toss a coin to decide whether the test works or not, then what's the point? Exactly. So the FDA turned around and said, okay, okay, we made a mistake. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you have to provide us within the next 10 days your validation studies to show us what the efficacy of your product is and what is the capability. Because mm -hmm. we had lots of, you know, um, snake oil companies mm -hmm. popping right. up selling stuff that they really have no business selling. Yeah, and if you can't rely on the test, then like you said, what's the point in even taking it at that exactly. point? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, uh, so we're learning as we go, and it sounds like even the FDA, you know, they realized that that was a big mistake to just say, well, let's just get them out there as soon as we can. Um, so there's got to be some oversight, and we're seeing that also, you know. There are so many people doing studies right now, and then they're getting published into magazines. And, and usually these magazines, they're not just putting it out for uh, lay people to read on the Internet. they got to get peer-reviewed before right. you know it really gets solidly published. And uh, they're, they're 
a lot, a lot, they're making it more relaxed because they want to get the information out there as quickly as possible because mm-hmm. we want to really fight this pandemic. Yeah, you know, right. I think for the most part, the, the scientists are doing the best that they can. It's just that sometimes, um, well, every once in a while, we're finding out that that wasn't the case. And you mentioned peer-reviewed science, and that, I think, is very important because a lot of what I mean, there are people out there, there are people that I know that I, I thought were, had, uh, you know, pretty good judgment who are asserting that COVID-19 is hugely exaggerated or even false, uh, that there is, that there, the pandemic is not as serious as is portrayed throughout the world. And this flies in the face of peer-reviewed science. Yeah, I'm surprised that people are willing to make those statements. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, we people aren't able to read everything that's out there, and they're not hearing everything that's going on. And, I mean, just if you listen to just doctors and what's going on on the front lines, people mm-hmm. are scared. When doctors right. and nurses are saying that this is really bad, when nurses and doctors who are healthy individuals are put on ventilators or need oxygen, you know, there's there's something that we have to be concerned about. And the thing is, even it's and, and it's definitely more uh, more prevalent than the flu. There's just uh, oh yeah bizarre that people might think that it's not, but yeah. it's maybe ten times worse than the flu, which is not as bad as um, you know the 16 or excuse me, the 1918 flu pandemic. Right. Um, still, we don't know why we have like people from the ages of 18 to 40 that are, you know, dying from this. We don't understand what genetically is different between certain populations of people that people drop dead from it and other people have hardly any um, symptoms. Right, that we can see. And some people initially have no symptoms or very mild symptoms, and then all of a sudden they drop dead. They, wow. they have heart attacks. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it's affecting different parts of the bodies in ways that we don't understand yet. And there may yeah, be sure. lo- long-term damage that is resultant from being infected with the coronavirus that we won't know uh, for sure until the long-term happens. Oh, absolutely. And we have to track that. We actually have to, as a country, track the people that had COVID-19, that were tested positive, that were sick, that maybe were hospitalized, and track them. Because they're they're saying that there could be more neurological long-term effects that could be a problem that we just don't understand yet. So we just need to keep our eye out for these people Mm -hmm. who were sick. Yes. So tracking, and that makes me think also of testing and contact tracing, because yeah. those are the first steps. And there are uh, quite a few countries around the world who managed to jump on those. That, that's the established best practice scientifically to fight an epidemic, is you start by testing and contact tracing. Absolutely. And some countries, it wasn't rocket science. It's already established scientific best practice. They just took it right out of the textbook and they applied it. And they had populations such as in Iceland and in South Korea and in Japan, a um, couple of others. And they had populate. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
They had populations willing to abide by that regime. They enacted it. And as a result, they didn't have to go through the next phase, which only happens if you lose control of the virus that you're trying to control through testing and contact tracing, which is then you have to shut down and then you have to isolate and, and do the social distancing. Um, yeah. In this country, we entirely skipped the, that contact tracing and, and testing phase, and we're still not really doing it. And it might be actually too late at this point. It, I don't know. Yeah, it, because the numbers are too great. I mean, there's yeah. a certain point where you can't trace that many contacts anymore. You can't trace that many infections. You know, when we've got uh, over a million uh, people have been infected in this country, and that's an underestimate. And then oh, yeah, each of those million or so have uh, a number of contacts. There's no way you can trace all of those people. Um, but then we, we have been stuck in a situation here in this country where people have sort of a knee-jerk reaction to being traced. They don't want their contacts traced. Absolutely. Uh, people, Americans think that this is an infringement of their freedom, which, you know, under normal circumstances, it would be. Uh, but to me, it's such a contradiction because all these folks are carrying around their smartphones, which are already tracing every movement they're making already. Every movement they make, every contact that they make is on their smartphones. And they're sitting here saying, oh, I don't want anyone tracing me. And they're carrying a chip. They don't need it implanted. They're carrying it in their pocket. That's so true. Yeah. And kind of an ironic situation. Yeah. Um, but when it's for their health, when it's for the health of the society, then then they don't want it. Um, America's been so big on individualism. Mm -hmm. um, you know, liberty. It's, it's, it's really sad, though, that we're not more community-based, um, yeah. and that's a whole other story that we can get into, Gene. Yes, very much is. Um, do you want to get into that right <laughs> I don't have to Okay, that. all right. Yeah, that's a whole, maybe that's a whole other episode of the show yeah. to talk about that. Um, I, um, well, I, I think this is a, a good break for now. Maybe you would you would come back again. I think I have another guest who's going to call in and and talk about um, some of the social implications of wearing masks, and that's an, that's another yeah that's another uh, measure that will protect everyone in the society. That once again, Americans because they're such individualists, but it also means it, it's all for me. It's me, me, me. And, yeah. and why should I wear a mask? Why are you telling me what to do? You know, and not, not thinking in, in the way of benefiting the entire society. Yeah, exactly. But you know, um, at REI, they sell this mask that you can put on your face when you're working out because it can mimic work, like working out at elevation. Uh -huh. And so what your body does is it creates more red blood cells. Yeah. So you're more healthy. And so like, let's say you're going to be working in the Olympics and you're going to be at yeah. elevation, you would want to wear right. this mask when you work out at uh, sea level. Uh -huh. But then your body actually becomes acclimated without having to go to, you know, the mountain. Right. That's pretty so cool. It really, even if you're taking this, 
very personally and you you're all about yourself, it's good for you. It's not gonna hurt you. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think is so surprising. I mean, my sister is an ER nurse in the Bay Area and she wears an N ninety five mask and on top of that N ninety five mask she's wearing her surgical mask. Mm-hmm. And on top of that she's wearing her face shield right. and, her, and her bonnet and her uh, gloves and her gown. Yeah. But it's like she's got a lot of stuff on her face to protect herself. And granted, she is right there working with COVID nineteen patients every single day. Yeah. But she's not falling, you know, down because she's not getting enough oxygen. Right. Or any of the other nurses and doctors. Mm-hmm. This is just something you get used to. Yeah. And I think it's actually more challenging when you when you're taking it off and putting it on all day long. It's actually easier if you just leave it there because then you get accustomed to it really easily. I wear a mask yeah. every day at work now because uh-huh. um, we we're working with in a facility with other people and uh, we're trying to protect each other. So we're yeah. just wearing it all day long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well. It it uh, helps. It helps also to have a comfortable mask. I, I recently got a couple of cloth masks that I found to be more comfortable than the surgical masks, um, and that 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 makes it a lot better. I also got a mask that fastens behind my head instead of behind my ears because I find that that to be more comfortable. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. A lot of the nurses and doctors have that as well. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. and yeah, once I do that, I. I just feel like leaving it on. Also, living in San Francisco, it's cool outside, and it's a it's a face warmer. <laughs> exactly. Actually, I've noticed that too. At our facility, we have the air conditioner up pretty high, and so uh, I'm always cold. But when I'm wearing the mask, I'm like, I actually feel quite comfortable not wearing the mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, my 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 next caller just messaged me to say. Oh, you know, um, I don't mind it if she keeps talking. Uh, we can always do it next time. <laughs> oh, no. Do I have to get off? You don't. Well, you would have to get off for him to get on. I only have oh, yeah. I only have 15 minutes left in the show. Oh, um, yeah, no, I didn't know that. I thought that the other person would also call in. No, but uh, there's only one caller at a time. But I have to okay. say... He, he's also been messaging the whole time that he, he's very interested in our conversation. Uh, yeah. So. All right. Well, thank you, Mariana. This has been an excellent conversation. I really appreciate your call. And uh, yeah, sure, no problem. Yeah, I hope to have you back on. Nice chatting with you. Yeah, thank you. My pleasure. All right. All right. Have a good rest of your day. Okay. Thanks, Mariana. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> hey, Matt. Matt, you just uh, messaged me that you waived your time, but I wanted to get your time, and and we had an excellent conversation with Mariana, and I would very much like to get you on the show, but I see that you have perhaps uh, I, you have perhaps disappeared, you've you have gone away. Well, Mariana did hang up, and the phone lines are open, so I was hoping to have Matt on the show too. We've got fifteen minutes left. And the show is open. But if you don't call me, then I will go ahead and talk about some other items that are on my list here. Aha, you are calling. Okay. Yes. Mr. Matt, thank you for calling in. Hello. Hello. Um, I must be hearing you on a delay of some kind. Ah, okay. Well...
Yeah, very interesting. Well, in that case, we will try to talk not at the same time. Okay. Hello? Hello. I will go ahead and just ask you to spout out some facts that you want to tell us. And I won't interrupt so that we don't have the problem of talking at the same time. Hello? Hello? Can you not hear me? Okay, I'll call you back. Okay. This is coronavirus technical difficulties. Please bear with us as I call back this caller. Hey there. Hey there, Matt. Can you hear me now? Um, yeah, I can hear you, but um, I'm seeing the conversation we had three minutes ago on my screen, so it was confusing me. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to turn off the video. Right. <laughs> Yes, that is that is confusing indeed. So uh, welcome to the show. We have uh, about 13 minutes left. And uh, I think that we were going to talk about mask usage because you've been um, posting about that recently. Yeah, um, I, I got way sidetracked over that great conversation you were having before. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I've been... I mean, I don't really have a large sample size, but I've been just kind of trying to keep track of what I'm seeing and what behaviors I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. and, um, for the most part, the city has really stepped up. It's it's like a 75% on a daily basis now. San Francisco is amazing. We're really lucky to be here because people take this seriously here. And I have my ideas about why that is um, because we're progressive because we're educated. Yes. Um, uh, what other reasons? Um, well, you know, I think a lot of it might have to do with the fact that most of us came here. You know, I, I've always kind of felt that that sort of sense of community always kind of revolved around everyone being, not everyone, of course, but most of the people I know in San Francisco were not born here. Yeah. So, but, yeah. Conscious choice. True, but when I meet native San Franciscans, and they are few and far between, they tend to be very progressive individuals as well. Yes, yes, I agree. Um, and that, that's that, that's a great thing. You know, I, I live in a densely populated neighborhood. Um, I've got elderly people in my building. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to see anyone coming in and out of the store without a mask on. Right. And it's it's been scientifically demonstrated, proven, and also through common sense, we can tell, but you know that's not scientific, that, that wearing a mask, if both people wear a mask, then you are preventing transmission of an illness that is passed through minuscule droplets that come out of our mouths. Exactly, exactly. And, and it's, I've seen too many people walking in and out of multi-story apartment buildings um, that those are the, the offenders I hate more than the ones who are just walking down the street. Um, Interesting. They're, they're getting in the elevator, mm -hmm. they're touching buttons, you know, right. it just creeps me out. Yeah. You, um, you made me think about something earlier in the, at the end of your last conversation about the, um, the, uh, 
contact tracing and how yeah. under normal circumstances this could be seen as something we should be skeptical about. Well, we should be anyway, but you know what I mean? Yes. Um, and I was thinking, uh, well, the, the good news is since everyone's wearing a mask now, at least facial recognition is out of the picture for a while. That's right. But more, most of the uh, more enlightened cities, such as San Francisco, have already banned facial recognition because, you know, for a large part because it's very inaccurate. Um, but really, a better reason would be the violation of our civil rights um, and the fact that, as it is, policing is applied very inequitably and facial recognition would be so as well. Yes, and d depending on one's complexion, the uh, the match can be more vague than others. Right, and that that's the that's the accuracy question uh, of the current, and also the reason that that or one of the main reasons that that may be the case is because in the process of designing this, there is a racial bias. Yes, there, even if it's inherent, because yeah. It's all white people doing the development. Right, yeah, for the most part, yeah. So they're testing other white faces, et cetera. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm wondering, um, you know, you, 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 we were talking about, or you guys were talking about a vaccine earlier, and I know we don't mm -hmm. have that much time, but um, I think it's impossible to predict what July 2021 is going to look like. But obviously there's all this economic stress going on in the city affecting small businesses, yes. wait staff, bartenders, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Actor performers. Yeah. Um, do you think that, um, that, you know, 30,000 people that moved in in the past five years making six figures and gentrified the whole city, do you, do you think that might drive them out in some fashion? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm hoping it does. you know, the unfortunate thing about that is you're talking about the wealthiest portion of the, of the population. Right. And they are the ones who are most likely to be able to survive. And in fact, the tech sector has not suffered as much as the small businesses, as much as the service sector during this coronavirus. And yeah, no kidding. yeah and I mean, and some of the, the tech giants such as Facebook and, and um, Amazon have increased their profits during this time. Yeah. Exactly. People are inside on Facebook and ordering shit. So right. Exactly. So, so they unfortunately no. Right. What's? I mean, I haven't I haven't put a lot of thought into this. And I'm just speculating off the cuff here. But what you're what you have is you've got the poorest segments of the population who are dropping out, and you've got I I have you know this is is just. Um, just stories of people I know, but there are people who can no longer pay their rent. And so they leave the city. Well, those people who can no longer pay their rent are not the ones who've been making six figures for the past several years and have, you know, half a million dollars in the bank. Those people. That was kind of happening already. It's just kind right. of elevated. Now. Right. Exactly. And it just occurred to me that that means, you know, people are talking about real estate prices are going down. Well, who's going to buy that real estate? Well, and actually uh, talking to, to people who are looking at real estate right now, um, that it depends where you look. Real estate in Florida has been going down. Um, real estate in the Bay Area has not gone down that much. Yeah, I've been hearing that it does, but I check 
to mm-hmm. see what I could afford right now, and mm-hmm. it hasn't changed for me. Right. Yeah, and and I, I spoke to someone who actually owns a condominium in the East Bay and is thinking about selling, and uh, he was concerned that he was going to be selling at a loss. But no, in fact, you know, he bought it several years ago. It's increased. You know, it's 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 quadrupled or quadrupled in value, and yeah. it's still right up there. So they could sell right now for a huge profit, and the market is there. So the the wealthy still have their wealth and you know the stock market has has almost recovered from its huge uh dive in march it's almost recovered it's almost back to where it was um how long that's going to happen which is very strange because the economy has not recovered the economy is is pretty devastated but there are these certain pockets that are still making money like Amazon, uh, Jeff Bezos is going to be a trillionaire soon. And at the yeah. same time, he's cutting benefits for the employees at Whole Foods. And oh, right, right. I did read about that. Yeah. And, so, um, like delivery companies um, that, uh, you know, a lot of people are having food and groceries and stuff delivered now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's surely having an effect on them. Right. They're, they're, they're doing better. Right. And, um, you know, the, the networking, the Zoom and such, you know, people are using a lot more. All the things that people now have to rely on in this situation are doing well. Um, it's a perfect storm for them. <laughs> right. Yeah. So and and the analysis came out that billionaires in America have gained enormous wealth during this crisis. Yeah. Yeah. I mean- Sure. While the rest of us have suffered. Yeah. So, and now what are they going to do with this money? And uh, maybe they can pick up some uh, bargain basement uh, purchases, which, uh, if we go look back at the history of the Great Depression, and we're pretty much at a at a parallel point now. Mm-hmm. And they'll be able to buy up all these mom and pop stores. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Haven't been able to make ends meet for a year. Right. Yeah. So it's a big opportunity for them. And this is this is the vultures. This is the uh, when uh, you know Naomi Klein wrote the shock doctrine. Yeah, she wrote the shock doctrine. And you know when you have a shock, when you have an economic shock, when you have a great uh, tragedy to the to the environment, to the economy, it actually creates an opportunity for some of these vultures to come in and and buy things for pennies on the dollar and just wait it out because they can afford it. And then when things pick up again, they're riding high. They make enormous profits. That's what, that's what makes San Francisco so interesting because it's almost like an exaggerated version of what, what is happening in the rest of the country. Um, It's like everything else turned up to 11 because of just the, you know, the most number of billionaires per capita in the world plus Mm -hmm. the tenderloin. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, yeah. So I think it's going to be it's going to be one heck of a year, and I, I'm, I'm I'm fascinated and terrified at the same time to see what's going to happen month yeah. to month for the next twelve months. Yeah. Well, we see the coronavirus hitting all time highs right now yeah. of numbers of people infected daily, including in California, mm-hmm. but not in the Bay Area. So. 
Uh, I, I actually, I can't quote the exact Bay Area statistics, but we're doing better than anywhere else. And there's something to be learned from that. We might not learn it today, but I think we will. Well, I think there's something we have learned here. Somehow we picked it up. And the people in New York picked it up too, but they picked it up the hard way. They picked it up by watching people drop like flies all around them. Um, now, my employer sent me home four days before San Francisco went into shutdown mode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they were on it. They were on it. They were really on it. Before California was on it. Before California and San Francisco was on it before California too. Yep. And, and, and your employer was even more on it. And as well they could be because it was happening all over the world. I mean, you could see what was going on. Um, and members of the scientific and medical community saw what was happening. But unfortunately, the leadership in the United States, the so-called leadership, did not take the necessary actions the way that they were taken in Iceland and South Korea to mitigate the situation and take what are already established best practices. Well, Matt, I'm sorry we didn't actually uh, get much time with you. Perhaps you'll consider... It was fun. And and I learned so much stuff from the two of you talking together that, uh, you know, I was, like I said, I was ready to just listen in. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll be back next week. So maybe uh, we'll we'll get you again. Yeah, I work from home now, so I have no excuse not to listen in. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Matt. Thanks a lot. We'll be in touch. Till then. All right. Bye now. Thanks. And thank you uh, to all the listeners who tuned in. And if you would like to call in at a future show, please let me know. And you can do so. Message me on Facebook or at richardrance at yahoo.com. Thank you very much for joining us. See you next Wednesday at 5 o'clock.